This is Play Action Cast. What's it about? Sports stuff, I guess. With Jeff Malinoff. Jeff Malinoff. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hello one and hello all. Welcome back to the Play Action Cast. My name is Jeff Malinoff. Happy New Year to you all. It is January 1st, 2024. And it is a new year, but the same end of the NFL season and college football playoff chaos still reigns supreme in our lives. Yes, we had just finished up week 17 in the NFL season. We got one more week to go. We got plenty of playoff spots open for the taking. And we are just today, we are going to find out who will be in the national championship game after the Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl happen tonight. Yes, I'm recording this right before those two games. Very excited about it. We're all excited about it. But let's dive in real quick first to Week 17 in the NFL because, whoo-wee, a lot has happened. My goodness. First things first, of course, we should start with Thursday night football between the Browns and the Jets. The Browns, 11-win team behind quarterback Deshaun. It's actually Joe Flacco. Yes, I cannot believe I just said that. Yes, instead of Deshaun Watson and his guaranteed $250 million contract, it is Joe Flacco in nearing his 40s, having multiple three-touchdown games and just going off, especially in fantasy football land. He has delivered for the Cleveland Browns, and they are in the playoffs officially. They cannot win the AFC North, of course. We'll get into that later. But they have the top wild card spot as of right now, and it looks like they're going to be holding on to that five seed. Regardless of what happens between next week's matchup between the Dolphins and Bills, so the Browns sit comfortably in the five seed, playing the winner of the AFC South, whether it's the Jaguars or the Texans or the Colts for that matter. Whoever wins the AFC South will play the Cleveland Browns. And right now, the Cleveland Browns are rolling. I would not want to play them in the playoffs because we all know who the team with the biggest momentum going into the postseason is always the most dangerous. And right now, Cleveland Browns are one of those teams with a lot of momentum gain, gaining going into that postseason. And man, it's nice to see the Browns in the playoffs. It's nice to see the Browns competing. Coach Stefanski... Credit where credit is due. You have led this team very well, especially with the ups and downs of the last couple of years, going from another 11-win season you had a couple years ago, beating the Pittsburgh Steelers in that postseason in 2020, having a couple of down years, but coming right back up and with a top-tier defense and an offense that is currently clicking as it's never have in the last 20 years that hasn't clicked like this. So credit to credit to Coach Savansky and the rest of that Cleveland Browns coaching staff. You have done great on both sides of the ball, and you could be looking at a deep playoff run going into the playoffs. And honestly, who knows what you'll do next week. It Nothing really matters. You already clinched what you have right now. I would say play like a preseason game. I think a lot of teams will be doing that next week. But for right now, the Browns, congratulations. Now we're going to move on. We're going to side that and go into the most interesting game of the week. Saturday night football, or excuse me, Monday night football, as it was uh, promoted as, between the Lions and the Cowboys. Now, (laughs) this has already been talked about a lot, but we got to get into it ourselves. The Lions got screwed. Really no ifs, ands, or buts. The Lions got screwed. So, if you missed it, 
it was a two-point conversion to seal the game. The game was at 19-20 at this time with the fourth quarter, less than a minute to play, less than 30 seconds to play for that matter. And all the Lions had to do was kick a field goal to go, or kick an extra point at least, to get into overtime and see how they can handle themselves there. But Dan Campbell is a psychopath. He loves to gamble. He fakes punts. He fakes field goals. He fakes everything. He does not like giving that ball up. He doesn't like giving the other team a chance, and I respect that. I think everyone in the NFL, anyone that watches the NFL can respect the cojones that Dan Campbell has. And right now, it was going into that. He goes for a, a tackle going out for the pass, little trickery play. They score. Decker scores. Everyone's happy. Flag on the play. Illegal touching. Offense. And everyone is screaming their heads off on the Detroit side, including Dan Campbell, who looked like he could have killed someone on that field because that man has the energy of just someone drinking 10 caffeinated energy drinks as well as 10 cups of coffee at the same time. He was just absolutely going ballistic. And so it turns out that the referee said he did not, Decker, the offensive tackle, did not say he was eligible. He did not notify the refs that he will be an eligible player downfield. But with replays and Jared Goff also in the huddles, pushing Decker to go say be eligible, it looked like he said, hey, I'm eligible. It looked clear as day he was eligible. But the referees of that game said, no, he didn't say he was eligible. Number 70 said he was eligible. And everyone's like, no, that's not what happened. And now they had to go five yards back. So they're starting on like the seven-yard line now instead of the two. Dan Campbell, the crazy psychopath that he is, the lovable psychopath that he is, decides to go for it anyways. He gets it, but yet another penalty by the Cowboys. So we have to do this all over again. Third time's a charm. Does he kick a field goal and go, you know what? Twice, too close to call, not enough. We just got to kick the field goal. No, 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 no. He instead goes for it a third time. This isn't Madden. He just did it again. And unfortunately, it did not work. The Cowboys squeak in a one-point victory, 20-19, in a game that's going to be remembered for quite some time, just a contrary. It could affect, it's going to affect the playoffs, no question about it. Because if the Lions won this game, they would still have a chance to be at the number one seed. Considering if the Niners lost one of their next two games, the Lions had a shot to be the number one seed if they won this game. Losing this game put them in a very tight bond, and they they lost their chance at getting the number one seed with this loss. So what happens to the referees? They, as the NFL announced, have been downgraded to no playoff games. This referee staff, no playoff games whatsoever. So is that a punishment, or is that an early vacation for the referee staff there? Who knows? But they probably lost a little couple good amount of money not doing playoffs but they still get a vacation regardless so that is the big controversy we'll see how it's interesting how that all transpired because it seemed like the referees just messed up the referees just blew it I don't think like of course there's gonna be the script writers and the and the people that think the NFL is rigged a little bit are gonna say their share of Oh, this this was intentional. Obviously, it wasn't. I think this was just a complete blunder by the referees. A massive blunder. I don't think we've seen a blunder like this since the fail Mary, but it's a blunder nonetheless, and that does affect playoffs 
This this was a huge playoff implication game that was ruined by the referees. Simple as that. And we have had an episode before talking about if this is the worst season the referees have ever had. This game alone proves this is the worst officiating year in the history of pro football. I don't know another season, except for replacement refs for those couple of games, all those 10 years ago, that have, that have been as truly horrendous as these refs have been this year. I mean, it's just, and of course, a lot of it has to be placed at the NFL standpoint of what the rules are making, how they want to handle roughing the passer calls and personal foul calls and helmet-to-helmet hits and all these other implications of really nullifying defense, in a sense. I think a lot of it has to nullify the defensive side of the ball. But regardless of that, I think this is still hands down the worst officiating in the history of football. I don't think we'll ever, like, they need to step up. There's got to be some sort of ramifications or maybe re, just, it's almost like, hey, maybe you guys need to go back to school and just learn new things and try to be better. I I don't know how you can incentivize and be better for officiating so we don't know more controversial calls. I mean, it started really last year in the Super Bowl. People don't talk about the ending of the Super Bowl unless you're talking about the referees with that, with the controversial holding call at the end on Juju Smith-Schuster in the Super Bowl. So we we really need to have a talk about the refs in this offseason. But for right now, the record book shows Dallas Cowboys defeat the Detroit Lions 20-19. And the Lions, or the Cowboys, that is, have destiny in their hands to try to win the NFC East. If the, if the Cowboys win next week, they are in the NFC East and they have the number two seed. It's done. So we'll see how that transpires. Going into the actual Sunday slot of games, we had a lot of we had a lot of games that actually had playoff implications, which is crazy to think about because we really haven't had this kind of this deep into the season these many playoff implicating kind of games. Usually, about ninety percent is clinched, but right now we have a lot going on. Right now, I mean, we're going to start off Dolphins and Ravens. This was a AFC number one seed kind of potential game here. If the Dolphins win, they had a very good shot at getting the number one seed. Instead, the Ravens proved why they are the arguably the best team in the NFL. A 56-19 rout of the Miami Dolphins. The last two games, the Ravens have routed. The San Francisco 49ers, who are currently the number one seed in the NFC, which we'll get into more of that later. And they have, they have destroyed the number two seed in the AFC, Miami Dolphins, who some consider having the best offense in football. If this doesn't show that the Baltimore Ravens are really the favorite to win this Super Bowl, I don't know what is. This is truly the best team in football. I mean, they have proven it for two straight weeks. Facing the two best teams in football, they have not just beaten them, they dismantled them. They really proved why they are the top of the top right now. Now, this Ravens team has had a number one seed in the past. Last time they were the number one seed was 2019, and they lost in the divisional round to the Tennessee Titans. So there still are thought processes of, can this team really get far into the playoffs? Because this team, with Lamar Jackson, has not gotten far into the playoffs. They've had great regular seasons. They just cannot get it done in the postseason. So they still have this postseason blockage that this team is a big question mark going into the postseason. But again, that might change. This is a different defense. This offense is clicking. It's going to take a lot for them to be a one-and-done team like they have in the previous couple of seasons. So going into that, the Dolphins still have a lot to think about as well. Is this a sign that they've only they've only had one win against a team over 500 this year? The rest of their wins have been against under 500 teams, which is a big, 
big question mark around them. Their offense can get it done. I don't think there's any question about that. But they can their defense step up against teams over 500. It's still a lot to be desired. And they just lost Bradley Chubb, Bradley, Bradley Chubb excuse me, who has just been reported today, this morning, that he tore his ACL at, in the end of their um, game against Baltimore. So they just lost one of their big offense, defensive weapons. And that is a big, that makes their question work even bigger. Are the Dolphins a team destined to be one and done in the playoffs? Because they still haven't even clinched the AFC East yet. Next week, the AFC East ends between, it's going to be a Sunday night game. They got their Sunday night game. They got prime time versus the Buffalo Bills. Win and you're the division champions. Lose and you drop into a wild card game on the road. That is a serious win-lose situation. You win, you get a home playoff game. You lose, you're on the road. That is going to make a big difference in this playoffs for one of these two teams. So Buffalo managed to survive against New England by one score. I mean, I think AFC East teams always just have a hard time against the Patriots, regardless how bad they are. So now we have a date with destiny here. AFC East title on the line. New, Miami Dolphins versus the Buffalo Bills. It's going to be exciting. And this really will be a test for both teams. The Buffalo Bills have not been playing to the height of they have they usually played the last couple of seasons. They were a favorite to be a number one seed and the Super Bowl champions this year going into this season. And now they're 10-6, and six, looking to barely squeak by to win the AFC East, which they were completely favored to win. And the Miami Dolphins, who have had trouble beating 500 teams, need to prove that they can be Playoff, not even playoff, Super Bowl contenders. So both teams have a lot to prove going into next week, week 18, for the AFC's crown. So that's going to be a great game to look at. I'm looking forward to what happens there. Now let's go back to the NFC. We're going to just move on over to the NFC. We've got a couple of already clinching scenarios here. Rams barely, and I mean barely, sweep by the New York Giants, 26-25. to 25. And we just talked about bizarre endings with the Cowboys and Lions. This is a bizarre game. Kickoff return for the touchdown. They were down 19 to 25, and the Giants make a kick return for a touchdown. They are gonna tie this game. We're gonna go down to the wire here. And then they kick the extra point. Wait a minute, a penalty on the Rams. They're gonna get it at the one yard line. The Giants looking to go for it all. Go for two in a great play call. Tyrod Taylor misses Saquon Barkley. When who If he just threw it right to him, he walks in, it's a touchdown. Or a two-point conversion, at least. And they have the lead. Instead, he throws behind him. And he misses it completely. And then they have to hope for the best. They manage to get the ball with under a minute left. They get it down to, like, the 40-yard line. They get it just out of, just in field goal range for Mason Crosby. It's enough distance for him to make it, and he misses it. Giants lose. Rams win. By the skin of their teeth, their hairy chinny-chin-chin, they get a W. And now the Rams watch later that night as the Steelers take on the Seahawks. Steelers win. They take that wildcard slot. And man, did the Seahawks lay an egg against the Steelers. They just could not get anything done. They could not get by the Steelers. And the Steelers win, Seahawks lose. Seahawks need a miracle to get in now, but the Rams clinch a playoff spot, and they win. They were on a winning streak. They won seven of the last eight. They played extremely well, and the Rams are now 
back into the playoffs. So, speaking of the NFC West, with that Lions controversial loss, the San Francisco 49ers were hoping for another kind of a miracle to clinch the number one seed and not have to worry about Week 18 being a clinching game for them. They beat Washington 27-10. They struggled a little bit in the first half. Washington was running the ball very efficiently against the 49ers defense, which was troubling. They have a t- they have had some tackling issues the Niners defense has, and it kind of reciprocated going into this, this game. Going into halftime, it was 13-10 Niners, and they were scraping by. It didn't look good for them at the time. And then the second half came. They just dominated. The Niners shut them out the second half. Two picks for the Niners. Niners defense looked like they were back to their old form. Offense was clicking. McCaffrey was out most of that game with a calf injury, but it seemed very minor, and they just didn't want to risk it, which makes total sense because Elijah Mitchell was actually rushing the ball pretty well in uh, McCaffrey's absence. So it did make sense that the 49ers did not want to risk McCaffrey going back in and risking further injury. I mean, Mitchell had 80 yards rushing on 17 attempts, so he did was doing pretty well. He got his first touchdown in the year, so good for him as well. It just looked like everything was going. Purdy, after his rough four-interception game last week, that really hurt his MVP chances. Probably is not going to win the MVP because of that one game. He went 22 of 28 for 230 yards and a touchdown. So he came back into his efficiency rating. Was Again, his quarterback rating was 124, back up to 120-plus. So he came back to his groove, got his momentum back. This was a game you needed to gain your confidence back again, and it was succeeding for the 49ers in the second half as they took their win. They did what they needed to do. Now they needed the Eagles to lose to clinch that number one seed. But the Eagles needed to lose to the three-win Arizona Cardinals, which at one point it was 21-6. to It looked like there was no chance for the 49ers to clinch their number one seed. The Eagles were going to make them play Week 18 for their bi-week lives. And then they gave up 15 unanswered. They gave up 15 points in the third quarter. And then they just they had a three-point lead. With two minutes left, they had to go down the field, the Arizona Cardinals did. And with under a minute, they drove the ball legitimately perfect. The Cardinals had a legitimately perfect two-minute drill. You couldn't write it better. You couldn't write a script better than how they did it. And they had a rushing touchdown with 30 seconds to go. And it was just a perfect Arizona Cardinals spoiling someone else again, just like in 2003 when they spoiled the Vikings winning, uh, getting into the playoffs all those years ago. They did it to the Philadelphia Eagles, maybe not getting them out of the playoffs, but hurting their chances at a bye week. Philadelphia could not respond with only 30 seconds to play. So, by some miracle, the San Francisco 49ers need the Lions to lose and the Eagles to lose to clinch a one seed, and that's exactly what happened. The 49ers are the number one seed in the NFC, and especially with a lot of guys being up on that side, that was a prayer answered for the 49ers. So now, the so the Ravens, and the Niners have nothing to play for next week. Probably going to play like a preseason game. They're going to rest a lot of guys after maybe a quarter, maybe a drive, just to get them a little warmed up because, I mean, two-week break is a long break. So they're going to get their well-deserved time off watching the wildcard game, seeing who they're going to play next. But right now we have our we have our one seeds, Ravens and Niners. And if you've been seeing some conspiracy theories on online and with the Super Bowl logo being purple and red – like last year, it was green and reddish, reddish orange. You are going to think, huh, maybe it's going to be Niners and Ravens in the Super Bowl now. It just seems like the logo is now spoiling who's going to be in the Super Bowl. But we don't know yet. Uh, for both teams' sake, I'm going to knock on wood for you. 
That's for both Ravens and Niners fans, so I don't jinx you. I hate to do that to you. So we got our one seeds, and right now we still don't. We still have a lot of other playoff games. We right now at the moment we have the AFC South to be determined. We have two wild card spots in the AFC to be determined, and in the NFC side we have the NFC South to be determined who will win that division. The, something about the Southern divisions right this year is crazy. And yet, and now we have one more spot in the NFC, the seventh seed, the final seed of the NFC, still to be determined. It's between, I mean, technically, the Vikings have a shot. However, they have to have the Packers, Seahawks, and Saints lose. So the last two spots in the playoffs, one spot will be filled by either the Buccaneers or Saints. Bucks winning in, Saints need to win, and Bucks to lose to get in. That last four seed, the last division seed at least. And the Packers are also winning in. And the Seahawks are a win and Packers lose scenario. So, Bucks and Packers have the easiest way to in. They control their own destiny. Seahawks, Saints, Vikings, Bears need a bunch of help to get their spot in the playoffs. So, there's still a lot of spots left. And AFC is a lot more fun to watch than the NFC because not only do we have... Two wild card seeds and two divisional seeding need to be placed in the AFC because the Dolphins are in regardless, but they could still lose the division and be a wild card. We mentioned that already. But, however, Jags could be out completely if they don't win their division. And also we have the Bills, Colts, Texans, Steelers all fighting for that last spot in the playoffs. With the Texans and Colts also competing for the last AFC South division crown. So we're just going to go into playoff scenarios real quick. Because we got we got to talk about the AFC South. This is the most interesting one. Jaguars winning in. Jaguars had to beat the Titans and they're in the, they're, they win the AFC South. Colts need to win versus the Texans and Jaguars to lose. And the Texans need to win and the Jaguars to lose. So if Colts or Titans, whoever wins between the Colts or Titans and the Jags lose, that is the AFC South champion. That's interesting as well because they both can both both the Colts and Texas are both fighting for a wild card spot even if the Jaguars win their division. Because if the Jaguars win their division, then Colts and Texans are playing for the last playoff spot. So that that's what's going on there. Colts and Texans are playing for that final playoff spot. They're both winning in. The Colts and Texas game is a playoff game. Playoff game on the line there. Jaguars winning in, but if they lose and the Texans or Colts winner will be the AFC South champion. So the AFC South champion is down to three teams in the last week, which is super exciting. Thank you, playoff gods, for giving us a last good AFC South matchup there. Also, Steelers, even though they're kind of on the outside looking at the minute, if they beat the Ravens next week and the Bills lose to the Dolphins, the, te- the Steelers get in and the Bills are out. Think of that. The, a 10-7 Bills team will be out of the playoffs entirely, which will be crazy to think about the start of this year. So... A lot needs to happen. In the AFC, so basically, to recap the AFC uh, playoff implication games, Bills need to beat the Dolphins, and they're in. Jags need to beat the Titans, and they're in. Colts and Texans, whoever wins that game is in the playoffs regardless, or a possible AFC South champion. Steelers need the Ravens. They need to beat the Ravens, and the Bills lose to take the Bills spot in the playoffs. So those are the AFC playoff winnings, playoff clinching scenarios there. Because the Dolphins are already in. Even if they lose, they're playing for a home field advantage for the first week of the playoffs looking at the nfc bucks are winning in we just mentioned that 
Snakes need to beat the Falcons and the Bucks lose the two win Panthers. Or they need to beat the Falcons and the Packers lose the Bears and the Seahawks need to lose the Cardinals to them to get a wild card spot. So they can fight for either a division spot or a wild card spot. But with a wild card spot, they need more help than they do for a division title. Falcons, Falcons are still in it. Surprisingly, I know. I, I always kind of knock them out of it just because of how bad they've been playing. I don't think they have a shot, but there's still a prayer there for the Falcons. A win against the Saints and a, and a Buccaneers loss gets them in, which is crazy to think about. And the crazy part is that is a, that's not a wild card spot for the Falcons. That's a division championship for the 7-9 Falcons currently. So the 8-9 Falcons will have to get in if they beat the Saints and the Bucks lose to the two-win Panthers. Again, the Bucks need to lose to the two-win Panthers, so that's a long shot regardless. All right, rest of the NFC goes as follows. Packers are winning in. We mentioned that. Seahawks need to win and the Packers to lose. Vikings can still get into it. I said it was crazy before, and, um, and like I said before, they need to beat the Lions – they need the Packers to lose to the Bears, and they need the Seahawks to lose to the Cardinals, and the Saints lose to the Falcons. So Fal- uh, the, the Vikings need a miracle, but there's been miracles at their stadium before, so I don't know. But a lot there's so many scenarios for this Week 18 game, and I'm loving it personally. It's going to be fun to watch. So we'll see what happens. I'll be here next week. We'll, we'll react to this uh, because, my goodness, it's hard to – it, it is hard to predict right now because these playoff clinching games, the weirdest stuff happens, and I believe they are unpredictable. Wow, that sounded a lot less cool than I thought it was. But regardless, it is unpredictable. I'm not even going to try. I wouldn't even bet on any of these games, to be honest. If you're a betting man, I, I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't risk your money on these last week 18 games, to be honest with you. But before we take off, before we finish today... We got to look at something. We have to look at Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl. We got to look at them. So right now, we are hours away from Alabama, Michigan, and Texas and Washington. Like my prediction has stated, I think Michigan and Texas are both going to win their games. I think it's going to be a Michigan and Texas national championship. But again, Michigan's playing Bama. Michigan has a terrible reputation of the college football playoffs i.e. last year when they lost to TCU by a lot, and that TCU team went on to lose by nearly 60 points. And then we have Texas and Washington. I think they're going to be evenly matched. I think they have a lot, both a lot going for them. So it's going to be interesting to see who, which one of those two teams makes it the national title game. But again, if, I, if I'm a betting man, Michigan and Texas are my two picks. But again, Michigan does not have the best track record, and Texas has kind of a track record, but that was 20 years ago. So I can't really say anything about that. I, we cannot say they're back until they at least get to the national title game. I refuse to go, we're back, until they're actually back in the national title game. Washington hasn't really been there since 1991, and that was a shared national title. So looking at that, when it was coaches pulling national champion, AP pulling national champion, ironically, the last time they were considered a national champion in the coaches bowl, they beat Michigan in the Rose Bowl. So, I mean, if they're, if, so if they're going to be a national champion, a consensus national champion this year, they might have to go through Michigan, which is a very telling story. It's kind of beautiful when you think about it. So there's a lot of storylines going into this, so we're going to look forward to that. But that is our show today. Thank you so much for joining us. 
We're going to be here next week after week 18 ends, reacting to the week 18 debacle that will happen because it's meant to be because God bless football and prayer for low blood pressure for you all. Thank you all for joining us again. My name is Jeff Malinoff, and I'll see you next time.